0: I think
1: I need an
2: adult to help me. Hiring for your small business? If you're not
1: looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am.
0: But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to
2: lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! Sapnin. You are listening to Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith. And my good friend, Morgan Richards, also known as Mo Dick. This is episode 85. Yes, it is. D- there you are. <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> I've done this the wrong way round, just to spice things up, to see what would happen.
1: You caught me off guard. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. This is episode 85, as Sean mentioned. But it's oh, wait, ep-
2: wait, wait, wait. If you try and do a creeper pun, yeah. right, only God can save you. <laughs> oh,
1: well, I was gonna say that you know, it proves that misery never goes out of style.
2: Uh, well, that is true because I am miserable all the time as well, so yeah, that's just a statement more than a pun, but yeah, I will, I will, I let it go because Creeper have used it as well. Um, Yes, as we have now revealed, this week's guest is Will Gould. Gorgeous, lovely frontman of fantastic British goth rock outfit Creeper.
1: Yes, exactly. That was a very good description, Sean. But yes, the frontman of Britain's favourite cult-led goth bands uh, is with us for quite an artistic conversation this week as we pull back the curtain on all the bands' theatrics, characters and concepts that have made them the emo- punk force at the
2: are today yes do you know what morgan that was well written and well remembered nice we had a lovely lovely chat with will and for a second we touched on the fact that we had hannah on a previous episode mm. um and she kind of un- secretly unveiled some creeper news didn't she um so she did. yeah if you haven't checked out that episode go back to last year's slam dunk episode No, it was after that, actually. We did our own episode with Hannah, didn't
1: we? Yeah, episode 31 features the lovely Hannah Hermione Greenwood.
2: Yeah, so check it out if you are are a big fan of Creeper or you've never heard of Sapping Podcast before. uh, That's fair enough. That's completely understandable. We haven't done that much advertising, to be honest. Um, But yeah, check it out, because that was a good chat as well.
1: Yeah, but of course, Will is with us now after the band's disappearing act for almost a year back in 2018. They have a new record available now on July 31st, titled Sex, Death and the Infinite Void and despite the title it is not based off of Sean's life.
2: No, no it isn't. Thank you. I'm glad um, you kind of brought that back to me because I was trying to make you laugh all the way through that and it didn't work, so congratulations to you. Mm.
1: Ultimate professional.
2: Yeah, it does sound like... um, It sounds like a good weekend I had once, actually. So, uh, yeah, I'm very, very excited. Like
1: sex, death, and the infinite void.
2: Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I can't wait for it to come out. Uh, The songs they've released so far have been wicked, and I'm very, very excited to hear the full thing. So...
1: Yeah, I'm very excited for this episode as well because, you know, as we said, Creeper have got such a historic past with so many different stories and things that's happened to them in the career so far as the band. Will's going to open up all about it and it's going to be a very insightful one to say the least. They've got so many memories of watching creeper in the past from when they started out playing small shows in places like the pub in newport and south wales to playing the main stage at 2000 trees festival and speaking of 2000 trees sean yes we've uh, been
2: working with them a little bit this week yes we have yes we have of course um in case you didn't know thursday which was yesterday when this podcast came out came out came out bloody hell we were asked by the people of Two Thousand Trees to present their festival Two Thousand Screens Online. Which yeah, started yesterday, it goes on the ninth to the eleventh of July where myself and you were asked to interview some cool bands, um introduce some bands to performances and uh, we got to speak to the creators and organisers of 2000 Trees Festival, which I enjoyed. We did. Um, yeah, so all of this can be found at uh, on the 2000 Trees Facebook or Instagram. So check out two, at 2000 the number, at the number 2000 Trees, at 2000 Trees.
1: Yes, it's the only place to get your 2,000 trees festival fixed this summer uh, one of our favourite events every every single year, so sad that we couldn't be able to go down as we were supposed to be officially opening every day of the festival this year live uh, in a tent which would have been an experience and a half but to be involved in this is being very cool, we're excited to see everyone's reaction to it and yes, yeah, just full of loads of acoustic sessions, interviews and whatnot. Uh, so go and check out 2,000 screens if you haven't already and then if you're on the social media platforms that we all like to post things and share our thoughts, feelings and pictures why not go and give us a follow on our Twitter and Instagram at SapninPod
2: yes, that's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D that's at (laughs) S-A-P-P E-N-I-N-P-O-D I say it slow because the amount of other people's podcasts I listen to where they say a website and then spell it out equally as fast as they said it and then I don't understand what they were just saying. Um, that really gets to me. So for you guys, at S A W P E N I N P O D, Let us know your thoughts. Let us know future guests you're interested in hearing from. Let us know if there's any questions you have about the podcast, uh, Magnum Morgan's Lives. And uh, yeah, everything else at Pod on Instagram and Twitter.
1: Yeah, nothing is off the table, even though we do not own a table. Um, And if you're checking things out as well, please head over to our wonderful Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin, where our loving community create some fantastic situations we find ourselves in and you can be a part of it and get some bonus podcasts, extras, videos and all sorts of crazy, crazy nights.
2: <laughs> yeah, check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin and uh, yeah, if you've enjoyed absolutely any of these episodes and you want to help and support or maybe even give back to the podcast, that would be fan bloody tastic. Right then, Morg, without further ado, shall we get into this podcast with the beautiful, beautiful man that is Will Gould?
1: He is beautiful. He is gothic. Misery never goes out of style. This is quite cheery and miserable at the same time, but you're all going to enjoy it. Share it with everyone. This is episode 85 of happening Podcast with Will from Creeper. Have at it.
2: I thought that was never going to end then. Sapnin! Sapnin! Get on the bloody interview. Sapnin!
1: Sapnin!
0: Do I have to say that as well?
1: Awww... <laughs> Awww... Uh, uh, oh, nice. It would have been nice. It
0: would have been nice, uh, but I mean... See, well, this is the one thing you didn't brief me on. I didn't know I had to say
2: Sapnin. Do you want to try again? Uh, I can't believe. No, we're in it now. No... Wait no, in it. this we're is started. We've started we're Man, now, I'm and, started. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Despite the um, awful start, <laughs> I guess this week... It's the ever-lovely and brilliant Will Gould from Creeper. How yes. are you? I'm okay. Everything's not
0: so bad. It's, it's, a, it's a bit grey in the sky today, but other than that, everything's fine. How about you guys? How's everything been? What's it like doing a podcast while you're in the middle of a of a pandemic? How's that working out?
1: It's interesting, I'll tell you that. It's um, a little bit different, learning how yeah. to do it on the interweb, but um,
2: yeah, we're expect- getting there. Yeah, you'd expect all the guests. Well, I know where all the guests are. They're in their houses, right? But then getting in touch with the guests and getting them to sort out a time to do it has been uh, difficult.
0: Um, I suppose you have to get creative a bit, don't you? It's yeah. like everything at the moment. And have to roll of no.
2: yeah I, I I understand you know like I, I wake up in the morning sometimes and I don't want to talk to Morgan so I understand yeah. that other people other people probably don't want to talk to Morgan or me either definitely so I, I'm
1: I'm more <laughs> surprised that um, Mark Hoppus hasn't given me a restraining order by now because the amount of emails I've sent to blink is um it's
2: yeah. ridiculous you, so you'd, you'd think he'd just block you mark <laughs> you at markhoppus.com <laughs> or whatever <you> <laughs> um but yeah, yeah, what have you been up to in this um crazy period?
0: I feel like it's been one of those uh, those periods of time where it's just been like a resetting period. There's been so much you can do trying to work out how to be creative in this sort of um, environment. It hasn't been that much of a challenge really, because I think coming from punk rock and stuff, you're very used to making something from nothing anyway. Yeah. And so like like having a little bit more of constraint around you it's been it's been a little bit of a challenge here and there, but it's been about like kind of creating content, creating uh, music, creating things that we would do anyway. But just with the uh, with another with another layer of difficulty around it. You know, the internet like this makes it really easy. Yeah,
1: it does help. It does help. Um, also, I was being a little nosy earlier. And um, so you've actually, is it true you've moved house? I have moved house. Yeah, I'm
0: in Manchester. Ooh, Ooh. Which, uh, which is really cool. I mean, I mean, like it's it's really funny, like the um. The, the, it, it took me a while to kind of work it all out, really, because I was doing Creeper, the, the Creeper album for quite a minute. And, uh, and then I was living at my girlfriend's house in Manchester for quite a while. And then we put a deposit down on a flat just before the lockdown. The lockdown happened, <laughs> so we couldn't move. And um, uh, yeah, but then by the time we came to move in, like, it was an unfurnished flat. So I was just going to sort it all out when we got there but we couldn't get on to deliver anything because it likes furniture and stuff at, at that period of time. It's still not, it's still not okay to use the post. I kind of felt a bit guilty doing that. So it's been a bit of a challenge in itself that on its own to go. <laughs>
1: yeah. Sounds like, yeah.
0: Cool. It's been really good fun. Manchester is so much fun. Like, a, like a, a I never, I never thought I'd end up in Manchester, to be honest, being in Southampton, mm. but uh, it's, uh, it's, been, it's beautiful. There's so much to do. It's like a really manageable London,
2: isn't it? That's what I always imagine it like. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. That's a cu- quite a good description, but I'm sure yeah. everybody from Manchester is absolutely cursing it. Like, they're like, wait!
0: <laughs> no!
2: You can't come up here and see those things!
0: I, I like you know I I'm, uh, I live there now, so they can't get rid of me. They've, they've allowed That's me. True, in. you're a native now. Yeah. They all
1: had to have
0: a vote, and they, they allowed me to stay, so it's okay.
2: You're technically one of them now, so they can't. That's it, you're in now. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, the record coming out. Um, it, it got pushed back to the end of this month, right? It was meant to come out earlier.
0: Yeah, it was meant to come out earlier. I think like a lot, a lot of records got pushed back, but it's not Mm. a sort of time. I kind of knew something was going to happen with it when I heard that Biffy Clyro's record was getting pushed back. (laughs) I thought if they're going to get pushed back, they're never going to push our one back because our one's nowhere near as big as that, is it? So (laughs) so, I kind of saw it coming. And in a weird way, it's kind of been like a blessing in disguise because uh, it's enabled us to make a lot more content, like a lot, uh, kind of. Uh, do a lot more with uh, the music videos and things. Like we so many singles now, it's crazy. But um, it's, uh, it's it's all been really good. It's allowed us to kind of show the world and the narrative of the record out off a little bit more and a bit more depth. Um, so yeah, I've actually quite enjoyed the little bit of a delay it's had. You know, mm. nice.
1: Yeah. And really, this is almost a kind of second coming of Creeper in many ways with the release of Sex, Death and the Infinite Void. Obviously, you all took time off in between this record and and everything, reinventing yourselves in many ways for you. Does this really feel like a second beginning for the
0: band? Yeah, I think it kind of had to be in a way. Um, it, like the this Kind of destroying everything to rebuild it was always what we were going to do anyway. Yeah. Um, and despite everybody at the record label telling us not to, um, <laughs> um, but like it's one of those things where you, I felt like we were we take we t- taking what we'd done before as far as we could, and um, we always wanted to reimagine it and, and come up with something else. Uh, I just didn't realise quite how long it was going to take. It took a lot longer than, than I imagined. Um, you know, when you're making those these sorts of things, it's. Uh, like when you make your first record, you have—they always say you have three years to make your first record, and um, then like no time to make the second. And I know, Sean, you definitely know about that too. Uh, yeah. Like it's—it's uh, it's one of those things. And so I really didn't want to. I felt like it was really important to stick to my guns a bit. And I'd spoken up a lot in the press about how we were going to do this. How if we ever made another record, that we'd completely destroy the band and and, and and begin it again. And I felt like it was time to kind of put up or, or shut up a little bit with it. And um. It was. I think it's been difficult for some people to understand why you'd kill off something that, like, like a logo. We sold so many t-shirts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh,
0: you know, like trying try to tell people that you're going to do something else. But it was really important, I think, like trying to see this from an artistic point of view and trying to see yourself as a pretentious artist, as in the way that we try to do in this uh, in music. And um, I think. Uh, I think it was the right decision mm-hmm. and uh, it's just it, it's a lot more punk sometimes to make something that doesn't sound punk
2: um mm. you know uh, yeah. that, if that makes any sense to you guys yeah. no no it does it does totally i was listening to um all my friends earlier and uh yeah i got some awesome different kind of vibes from the from what i think is the well previous uh, creeper material I, I was getting a lot more um like i don't know how you're going to take this <laughs> um i was getting a lot more well i was getting a lot of bowie havoc and jarvis cockery vibes to it how do you well
0: that's the, that's the, the holy trinity oh, good. Of good. <laughs> That's very cool. yeah like uh, absolutely that was one of the songs it was really funny that one um we wrote in about 45 minutes so just sat at a piano um in in, in the studio but it's uh it was about a uh, like a really difficult situation with my best friend creeper ian from creeper who uh, was um hospitalized so he can come out to, to, to LA. So, so I wrote it for him, like a real pit of despair. And it's one of those ones where, you know, sometimes the the song kind of has to expel itself from you. You know, It kind of falls out of you rather than, than you wanting to try and summon it up. And those are always the ones that are easiest to write because it, it's just desperate to get out of you. And that was like one of those. They don't happen all the time either. It's a weird one. And I didn't want to put it on the record. I felt like it was too personal. With, with Creeper, what I try to do a lot of the time is, to kind of mix uh, like a, a reality and a fiction um and uh, I felt like this one was far too real um but for a Krupa record, I felt like it didn't have um it, like, it wasn't shielded i wasn't like uh, there was nothing to hide behind in any sort of way with this one for me and uh so it was really uncomfortable, but it was actually hannah uh from the band uh who you guys have had on your, your show yeah, before, right? Yeah. So we was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. sorry. Yes, yeah, I understand. Don't worry, I'm not the for one. Um, but yeah, see, um, she uh, said that it was, um, she said to me, oh, I'd really like you to put this song on. I really would like to do this one. And, um, so yeah, it was, it was a weird one. Um, and filming the video was really funny as well. We had, to, uh, like, in, in lockdown, trying to film videos is the most hilarious thing. My, my wonderful girlfriend um, did my makeup for it. And I also, she also had to help me film it. And we started we couldn't film it until it was dark outside because the lights wouldn't work so by the, and we had some beers and by the time we'd finished it was like five in the morning and i just thought jesus christ she, she's she's worked with creeper for a number of years and um i had put her through all sorts of nonsense over the time and uh, in, in terms of like what like playing a character in one of the stories and all these different video shoots and things but this is the first time she was like doing my makeup and filming it and directing me and <laughs> it was
2: wow mad. play, Incredible, yeah. Fear, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, but but with that, I mean, Creeper have always had these really unique and artistic concepts throughout the band's history, in the material, the image, everything really associated with the band. For you, is that just a big element of it, that there's so much more than Creeper than just the music? It's, it's a whole experience, really.
0: Well, um, I always wanted to be a, a filmmaker, really. I, w- I never really saw myself as a singer for a band. I've always felt like... You know, it's quite easy to feel have imposter syndrome with a lot of this, mm. um, especially when things have, have gone so nicely over the, the last few years. I've been so lucky, but i always wanted to make films. That was always what I was really interested in. I wasn't so much. Uh, I, I was a massive music fan, a real music nerd. But I never really was so much interested in being at the front of a band. So I found it easier to uh, to kind of do the the Bowie thing and hide behind uh, a series of characters. And it also then informs your your, your videos, which is where um, and the storytelling around that, which it's really where I had uh, a real interest. So um, and it's kind of like, as I said before, about fusing your real life into a fiction. And it became easier to sing from the point of view of a character than it did uh, as myself. And it made me more confident on stage as well. I was very like weird when I was younger. I was very, uh, had a real like, stammer and um, spoke very fast and uh, I just wasn't really cut out to be like a, doing what I'm doing now. It's kind of a happy accident it's kind of fell this way. But, uh, but yeah, the, the, that's a massive part of Creeper. And it's, I think it's a, a really big part of why our audience responds so well to it. Obviously, there was that gap in time. Um, and, you know, with, with Michael McCormick's Romance uh, disappearing uh, like, well, ages ago, it was kind of a void in uh, in this country and um, for the storytelling in, in, in kind of rock and emo music, I suppose. And we kind of unconsciously build that void for some people for a little while. And that's a really nice feeling, too, like, I suppose. I think we have like a, a history as a, of a country of really responding well to big theatrical kind of bombastic yeah. rock music, like in, in that sort of, you, you think about the 70s, uh, the, the music we produced in the 70s in terms of Bowie and Mark Boland and um, and then even in the 90s, you mentioned Jarvis Cocker, but we've, you know, the, the, those pop records are like a huge over the top, uh, some pieces, some of them, you know, and, and expert in storytelling, too. I think we've always really responded well to that. and. It's really cool to get to kind to of to do my own thing um, in that world as well, you know, and have people actually turn up to listen to it. <laughs> uh, is something you can't imagine when it first starts, yeah. you
1: know. How does um all of that side of things really come together as well? I know you and Ian really plan out the majority of, like, the storytelling behind a record. Is it just ages in advance of, like, planning it all out, or is it just trying to incorporate those real life elements into characters as well as you mentioned
0: well it, it really varies each time around we do it and I, sometimes like uh like uh you'll start off with something so for this this uh, coming um this coming one i'd uh, uh i'd made a, a, a records narrative when i was out in america we stopped at a place called dunsmere in california on a tour and i've been drinking gin the night before and so and i, I we were uh, touring around in this old it's all kind of, it was, you know. you guys know what a party bus is? You know, like they have them yeah. when you go to prom. <laughs> you know what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like our friend was trying to help us do this with, with onto a water park out there and uh, we just opened it up for them. It was really fun and um, we were talking, to- it was, oh, I can do it on the cheap. So the Bled, like lent us like a, like a, like a base cab and like uh, we borrowed, so we had this party van that was Dirk's brother's and- anyway, I've been drinking all this, this gin the night before and uh, we parked up somewhere. I didn't know where we were at the time and I kind of exited the, 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 party bus, threw up all this clear stuff, like uh, all like, obviously like, kind of disgusting and mucusy gin. And, um, and I was like, where, where the fucking hell are we? And I looked around and it was just the most beautiful uh, kind of tw- like real life Twin Peaks, you know, um, like uh, these beautiful mountains and these beautiful redwood trees and this weird little town that's kind of existed inside of it. We were like fascinated. We spent the day walking around and going to a little shop where like, everyone knew everyone. And I was like, it's crazy that this sort of thing actually exists. And um, I started thinking about um, where our, how our last record kind of told the story of um, where we'd come from and where we began, that this new record kind of needed to tell the story of where we were going, where we've been since, you know, where, where we've been going. And so we spent so much time in America and um, touring and promoting the last record, it seemed like we were basically uh, over there all the time at that moment. So it made sense to kind of start a starting point with like the location. And then I started kind of fusing in a few other things that I was reading. I was reading a book called K-Pax. They made this awful film about it with um, Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it was absolutely cancelled. Um, but uh, yeah, like, like, it's a terrible film, but it's a wonderful book. It's a, it's a trilogy series. And um, it was about a man who was from another place. Okay, I mean, it's this classic me, isn't it? Like, all this, my favourite things <laughs> are like that, you know. I love my, my favourite Marilyn Manson record was Mechanical Animals. And you okay. know, I love Suki Stardust and all that. I know, like it's, it's, it's a... Classic uh, classic me, but uh, it was about a man who said he was from another place um, and he was in a psychiatric hospital. It was a kind of the whole book is a kind of a is he, isn't he sort of situation. And um, I thought that was a really fun thing to play with. And I thought what would really upset a, a small town like Dunsmere would be this uh, this character arriving. It was also riffing on uh, like Whitewood Pine, if you've ever seen that series. And a lot of kind of um, homages. And that's one of the things we try to do quite a lot with Creeper is kind of, Homage and um, and reference a lot of different material, so yeah, like we had we had characters uh, called the Men Behind the Curtain, which was a reference uh, to Have you ever seen Dark City? I don't know if you've seen that. Mitchell O'Brien's character in in Dark City. Uh, so yeah, it all came together. You end up we end up with is this kind of um kind of box of tools that you you, you kind of magpie over time, and and I just it's it's not really I don't can't really take credit for a lot of it because. Uh, the, the, the things are already there. It's just a, a case of kind of sewing them all together into kind of a, a patchwork quilt of a of a story. And and this is one of the ones I'm more proud of, though. I think this is uh, it's come out quite 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 nicely. But the like, it was written quite a while before we did the record. Um with the music, and uh, I often I, I remember really vividly um, on the last album being downstairs in the Warner office, and um, and Phil Christie, who's an NR there, coming by and going, and then they, I had some people around me, and they said, "Oh, come listen to this," and and I was. So, so we're gonna do this thing where we make Southampton seem larger than life. There's gonna be uh, three characters that, rep- that represent um, each of the main characters from Peter Pan: um, James Scythe, which is you know a James Hook, uh, Captain Hook thing, and the the, the Lost Boys, a bit of Callous Heart, and the, the Tick the Crocodile. You know, always chasing time would be, uh, with the with the stranger. And he said, "Oh, that all sounds amazing. So what's the record gonna sound like?" And I was like, <laughs> i will just going I'll, I'll just write some, some <laughs> romantic kind <laughs> of we'll <laughs>
2: Awesome. Yeah. How did they react to that when you were like, ah, well, um, not sure yet? Well, I think the thing is, like,
0: uh that stuff's really like we we've been I've been playing a band since I was like, I don't know, fifteen or something. So then the music stuff is like it's like gonna have a side to it, you know? Um sometimes even though it's often feels like these days the way people treat music is like a jingle for a T-shirt company, rather than, um, it, you know, like a, That's kind of sometimes the way people make you feel about it, and, and how, with how little it matters to some people. But it means a lot to me, and um, and so like the music stuff is like a, it's almost like a separate thing. It's something that like uh, it's really cool to uh, to sit down until you've got a narrative. And often what we'll do is have a whiteboard and we'll write like a, a series of plot points out, and we'll write to the the, the plot points. We'll write like the song around the, the plot points
2: this is why we had like about 50 different songs for this <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice yeah that's super interesting to hear because yeah like i'm, I'm literally you're in that from a different i hate to call myself a songwriter i'm not a songwriter <laughs> i can't play i can't play an instrument i can barely hold a note right but you're in yeah you're in a different writing process is always interesting to me um yeah i write completely different i just throw a melody out there first and then write the words to the melody if I can. But uh, yeah, it's just super interesting to hear other people's stories. Um, did you work with a certain producer for this album?
0: Oh, yeah. We worked with... Um, so they sent us out to... Um, I wanted to make it in America because we were making this American record and it was set in, in America. And, you know, it just all seemed to make sense to do it that way. And so, we, so I was like, wouldn't it be like... We were kind of playing with the classic trope of like, oh, when a band sells out, they go to Hollywood and make a Hollywood record. And, uh, and me and Ian always found that really funny because we spent so many years in his mum's shed uh, writing songs. And um, that, like the idea of us selling out seemed really funny. And we've been called that like uh, over the years a few times. So I thought, like, let's, let's go and fucking, let's, let's be a caricature of a, of a rock band. Let's go and make a record in Hollywood. And so we went out there and they sent us to meet loads of different producers. And it was a really interesting time. Like we met a lot of really talented people, um, like you know, collaborators and producers, but nothing was really right. I felt like we were really at risk. If I'm honest, of of like um, retracing old steps and making a more manicured version of, of our last record, and which was, to me, is just so disinteresting to me. And because um, I, I think again, like to try and explain, like I, I never really had any aspirations of being like a rock star or anything like that. that was, I always wanted to tell stories and. Um, so, like the, the idea of just just kind of um, doing a little bit of life support to prolong um, to prolong a career of a band just didn't, didn't make any sense to me. I, I wanted to smash it all to bits and rebuild <laughs> it something else. So, um, so we had to ignore all those things and we had a lot of people telling us that if you uh, you shouldn't progress your sound any more than twenty percent each time, each record, and I just hated it. I just thought it was just completely the opposite to the way I, I I'd like I'd like to work. And in the end, we met a man called Zandy Barry. On the very last day of of being in town, and he's a, a man not from kind of our world at at all. Like uh, he's uh, he's made some some really really great records over over his time, and he worked out of a small studio that used to have the Doors and like uh, Jimi Hendrix and all these old. It was just kind of fed into the whole making a record in Hollywood. It's going to be in this ridiculous record in this place uh, where where the Doors came, you know. Um, and it was uh, off sunset, and um, and it, it, we really struck it, struck it up with him. We almost didn't. He was the last person we saw. We almost weren't going to do the records in, in LA at the end of it because I, I wasn't. We've been back and forth a few times, but you know when you're just not feeling it, like it was just. I felt like I was going to be going through the motions. And if I'm honest with the two of you, um, the year before uh, we we broke we broke the band up, I'd grown a little bit mechanical in my performance, I think. And um I felt like we, we were playing re- very big shows. We're very lucky and very very privileged to, to have been asked to do these things, but like the the. the and these, these huge shows it kind of lost all the, the, the vibe and the, the storytelling of, uh, of what we were doing. It became like a big opportunity each time. And, and you know, Sean, I know you've, uh, you know, it's exactly like what I'm talking about. When you get to a big, big show like that, you can't even see your faces anymore. It's just there's lights and, and um, playing the pop crowds and things, which was really fun and really interesting. Um, it just, I just kind of lost, uh, it lost its edge. So I felt like a, an aggressive reinvention was really overdue. Yeah, so meeting this guy who'd made, uh, he wrote some, wrote songs with Britney Spears and, and uh, he, he did stuff with Billie Eilish and oh, wow. um, made some Miley Cyrus records and things. <laughs> like He was like a really obscure choice. Uh, he'd also like, made, he made the majority of his money making scores for films. And again, that's what drew me in. He, he showed me some of his work and it was like really grand string arrangements. And uh, I, I just thought it was really, really impressive. And so we hit off straight away and he was asking about my life and what was going on with me and, and he was a really, really interesting guy. Like, I was going through a very, very anxious time at that, that, that point in my life, and especially with Ian, what was happening with him. And, uh, and he, he used to, I used to call him Zendi because he would like, be so zen <laughs> in the studio. And, and you know, I'd, I'd be sat out on, on his spinning chair just smoking cigarettes outside. And, um, and he'd just talk to me and he'd always really chill me out. And it's, it's a really weird experience. And I can't explain it to you guys yeah. uh, how um, making it was like, really kind of a cathartic and, and a growing experience, too. And, yeah, an unusual one, I
1: suppose. <laughs> but yeah, as you said, like, on paper, it sounds like a completely unexpected choice for a Creeper record. But when you put it like that, I mean, it seems like the perfect one in the end.
0: Yeah, I think it was. I think, like, what we were trying to do with it was uh, trying to make this American-sounding record with that Hollywood sheen. And I started trying to, to work out how we could try and take... Like, like we're making a record about an outsider in a small town, you know, so the the idea about being... An Englishman making a records in in America kind of checked really nicely. So we started trying to thread uh, like Britpop and things that are inherently British, uh, and trying to thread that through the eye of an American needle, so to speak, and, and make this record that was, uh, you know, we had we had members of the Los Angeles Philharmonic on it, which was so cool for me because I'm really into all that stuff and uh, like all that, that, that big bombastic theatricality over the top of kind of like a like a Britpop pop riff, and, and I just thought that was really fun and uh, I felt like even if people hated it, like they wouldn't have heard, no one else is going to put that out this year. You know, like it's (laughs) going to be, something that's just kind of uh, inherently ours at at, that point. So yeah, like I think he he was a really, we couldn't have made this record without him. He went above and beyond and he's become such a really close friend of mine now. And he he calls me all the time to check up on how things are going and just a really nice guy, you know. And when you meet
2: people like that, you should keep them close. That's, I think that's really important. Yeah, I completely concur. Yeah, were you nervous uh, when when you ended the band? I remember seeing footage of it. Yeah, were you nervous about what the fans would think, say, and do? Maybe because, like, I'm guessing you like you knew all the time that you were coming back, but obviously they didn't. Was there any yeah nerves in you with with what was going on? I think to be honest with you, Sean, like the, 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 when we were doing those things, like
0: I'm I'm so caught up in what we're doing. Like I'm, I'm the orchestrator a lot of the time with these the silly nonsense that we do and um, I was just kind of focused on on the magic trick um, of the, the vanishing on stage and having we had a, a, a van outside the back of, of the theatre at the Coco to get into straight away and to, to get out of there and so uh, we had a distraction of this uh, like a, a kabuki of our um, of our old logo that dropped to reveal a movie screen which we had all planned and prepped and it was one of those days where I told, I told my manager that I wanted uh, two kabukis for this one show and <laughs> one of those awkward conversations. I also had to go to the record label to talk to them about the wording I was going to use on stage, which I really remember. Um, they were really concerned about, uh, about how it was going to sound. And I had to say to them, David Bowie was on uh, Parlophone, which is a floor downstairs. And um, uh, he, he did this exact same stunt, you know, like uh, so I used the same wording as Bowie on purpose for that reason. But you don't like. I kind I feel like sometimes I need to distance myself from what people are going to think to in order to give the the the, the best possible performance. If, if that makes sense. Like I knew afterwards there was a real uproar, um, and we received some some nasty messages. And um and and, and you know and it's that's fine. Like it's okay. Uh, but like I felt like what it was was a really in my mind was a big piece of performance art, and um, it had to it, it was. It had to go that way. We we came in on on this record of a disappearing act, and I wanted to end on a disappearing act. So you can you can disappear on social media with quite quite ease, you know, like quite sufficient ease. And, but like with the uh, disappearing on stage in front of all those people, and then then running to the back of the venue and realizing that you're completely gone, it took a lot more of like a coordination. And um, and it was like it felt like a, a grand trick, and then to disappear on, on, on a social media blackout for a year while all your friends' bands are out playing and performing, you know, and you're kind of watching from the sidelines. It's a weird it's a weird feeling, but uh I didn't I didn't feel nervous that much. I felt like I was shocked at, at the response on stage after I'd said the speech. Um it was like a it was like a panic in the room. Yeah, like um it was it was a really odd an odd sensation. And uh but we I think I still I still stand by, it. I'm still really proud of, of, of that of how that was put together. I had to do the meeting, the venue meeting before the show. I had to tell everybody what was gonna happen I had to have all the staff there this weird stuff and, and I had, to, I had like a little piece of paper on a stage and I was explaining how the community is going to work. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just like a big orchestration of of, of this stuff. And um, but that's kind of what we do. That's that's what makes that's 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 our band, you know, and, and uh, that's like when you come to see our band, I like to think that you don't know what you're going to see. And that's what that's our, that's our own little world. And that's kind of and people. People know that from us now at this point, they know that. They're probably in for a bit of a wild ride. It's not easy to be a fan of our
2: band because we might disappear for a year and then we <laughs> might reappear, reappear under a completely different name, you know? Yeah, uh, we're releasing the single, it's Friday. Only joking, we split up Thursday. Ta-da! <laughs> oh no! You've done it again! You've done it again! Um, yeah, how far in advance did you know that you were going to end it like that? Like, did you have to sit down with the label and be like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, in two weeks we're knocking on the head for a year?
0: Well, I know I, I had see, the thing is with all this stuff, Sean. It's like uh, it, it's never. I, I don't want to be like uh, the the label. Are absolutely incredible and incredibly supportive, and been a big factor in in, in why uh, why the band has has done so well um, for sure, for one thing. Um, but uh, I do find with these things like when I wanted to delete all the social media, they were like, "Why don't you just disable it for now?" And I was like, "No, no, it has to all it has to all go because they'll, they'll 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 be able to find stuff there still. Why don't you just post something?" And uh, we just did it anyway at the beginning. It, there's always like a little lack, lack of like a panic from them as well at the beginning, and then afterwards it's all it all kind of works out. And we did we did have to um, have a conversation with the with the record label about um, this breakup show. And I'd always planned this. I, I'd always planned it. I planned it like at the beginning of the campaign. I knew this is how it ended. Like I I, I like to have a beginning and end, and kind of we do work things out in, in between. But uh, I when I I had. Uh, <laughs> An A and R and our head of marketing come down to meet me in Southampton uh, at my friend's house. Um, when we were like, "So, album two, what are you going to do?" And I handed them this big uh, PDF, um, <laughs> and the first page was about the, the, the band breaking up. And, stage. <laughs> and they were like, the sake. So yeah, it's it's one of those things. But I, I, I'm glad that like we can we can we get we can do that stuff, and it's and it's fun because um, again, it, it's a. Uh, it it keeps people on their toes and it keeps keeps things different and um, I, I I like to think that's one of the things that, that makes us stand apart. You know that, that you you might not be there might be the last time you ever see us. So at one point we'll pull one of these stunts and it will be the end. And you went
2: no. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No. As you said, it's interesting. It's interesting because so many bands will just go. Oh, all right. We're off to write another album now. And then you're waiting about or whatever. And no, it's just such a good idea. Very creative. I liked it. You pulled it off you, fantastically. Well done.
0: Thanks, Sean. But
1: you know, mentioned taking that, that year off as well. I want to go back to Eternity in Your Arms a little bit because with that record, you guys were touring non stop for so long all around the UK, Europe, United States. As you mentioned, that kind of Carlos Hart logo was everywhere. I even remember seeing Matt Willis from Busted having a pin when they were playing. Like, it just got all across the scene. For you, really, because. Creeper were non-stop for such a long period of time. Do you feel like you all needed that year off in many ways?
0: Oh god, yeah. Um that <clears throat> that was one of the reasons we didn't come back as as soon as it was originally planned to. Um there was I think that we were all ready to break. You know, I, I was saying previously about the um uh, the, the the being mechanical on stage a little bit towards the end of the last campaign. We needed to we needed to, to, to to revitalize ourselves and um, I felt like I needed to reimagine my stage persona and what what I was going to do with that stuff. But we all need that break in general, anyway. Being away from home is so difficult um, all that time, and uh, you know, like the, the 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 nature of just being a human being means that like there's always things going on elsewhere. You know, Ian's uh, it, like it, Ian's stuff, like he was uh, getting very unwell, and um, you know, like all, all sorts of personal stuff going on. Um, like my mum's partner had just passed away at the similar sort of time. It was really sad and. So was, we needed this gap to kind of kind of lick our wounds from what had happened before and also kind of deal with like life stuff you know and um and it's never easy it's never simple there's no like quick fix or anything it's just like kind of a time thing you're just gonna have to you know uh, I, to, to to get to the point we are now let's get over kind of incredible pangs of anxiety and uh, and like depression and stuff to to get through that year it was a really really tricky year when my guitar player uh and, and and you know the other the main songwriter in the band was uh, was sectioned. It was like that's that's really like it was really weird and hard and heavy. Like this is like really real world stuff. Like lots of you know you think about things that happen in your life. It doesn't really get much more serious than that. And um, uh, I was out in, in Los Angeles on my own a lot of the times. And and so trying to work out how the band continues. There was a certain point where I didn't think the band was going to come back at all. So like uh, even though that was the, the plan was always to come back. We were already. Start the, the the process of the record. It, it seemed like an impossibility on some on some, some occasions. So we absolutely needed the, the, the time off to kind of just repair, you know. And it can be quite like uh, quite brutal and quite like um like a like a, a, a race of persistence, like being in a a touring band sometimes, you know. Um, it's like a it's like it's like running. It's a marathon, not a sprint, so <laughs> to say. Um, and uh, I, I always think that's really true. I think that like you're, it's very easy to um to burn yourself out. How many bands do you see uh, like kind of um, get really burnt out? I think we were burnt out, to be honest. And I think we we definitely needed this little time away. It's allowed us to come back as well with like a. Not only are we excited about um returning to stay and playing our old songs, but we've got this whole new persona that we've managed to craft in in, in the shadows too. And so yeah, it's it's it's, it's exciting, you know. Um, I think. I think that there is too much of a, um, a pressure on young artists these days to constantly throw out material in general, but like you were always told that you should be pushing singles out all the time. Some, some artists are like prolific with that stuff and they're really good with it. But I do think that there's, uh, back in the day when you would get one AFI record every five years, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like, but, like, it made you appreciate it when it came out though, and when, you know, when you got it. Um, and also it gives that band a chance to, to replenish itself and I know it's a different time now and it's probably not the most convenient thing to do when there's so much competition out there. But, you know, I, 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 for us, it was really important. And I, it's so funny, like, I've like, been uh, I mean, talking about this year off we've had, the missing year, we've been calling it. So it's a very pretentious name for, for, for taking a year off your band, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but it's, that's very typical of us again. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, man, the missing year, like, you know, that would be like part of the course back in the day, having a year off um to, to do a record but like it, it seems odder i think because it, we've done it in them um, in 2020 and you know what we missed a year of our of our career and then walked back in uh, voluntarily And then is this, <laughs> and missed one? this is stolen from us
1: <laughs> oh couldn't have couldn't have planned it um but you no know, i think i you know that's really interesting to hear you say because i don't think a lot of music fans understand that like you know, when they when they see a band just taking off and doing all these tours and everything it is very exciting but you're missing a lot of things in your personal life and it's really hard to keep up with everything going on when you're just tour after tour after tour in so many different countries and and just playing those same songs night after night
0: oh yeah like it's the weirdest thing like um it's like you you miss uh Weddings, um, birthdays, um, you know, kind of uh, your nieces and nephews being born, and all sorts of stuff. You miss miss it all, Um, and it it trashes relationships. It's uh, it completely like ruins uh, relationships. I think everything, uh, every relationship I have, even friendship and everything like that, has always absolutely been affected by by um, the choice to do this. It makes you wonder why you choose to do it, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's uh, it it certainly is, and. it's funny as well. One of the things I think about recently is when Creeper first came on the scene, we'd been in another band before that, me and Ian, uh, for seven years prior. And we'd been touring since we were teenagers. But no one ever saw us because we played to nobody. <laughs> um, we were touring nonstop and living at our parents' houses and you know, all that shit that you do when you, you're younger. But time but Creeper came around, I remember there being like, a, where did this band come from? They got a lot of press attention. They, you know, like, like I remember a lot of those sorts of discussions. Being like, people would tell me, like, uh, but uh, but like it was really because like we've been doing that for ages and ages and ages before, and this is just kind of the one thing that kind of kind of works, you know. And uh, th- that's the thing. Like a lot of the time, all this work goes completely unrecognized. I've, often, when we're doing the, um, have you guys ever done those? Uh, Things in universities where they ask you to go and talk to, to people who are music courses and things. You ever no. done one of those? I they didn't ask um, me. They didn't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that's exactly how I feel, Sean. Like, it, like I was such a forward standing up there. They say they ask. They say, "Oh, so um, what would you what would your advice be to, for them um, to to do to have your career?" And I was just thinking, every time they say stuff out to me, I always just think, I, I would not be like like I, w- I wouldn't be here for one. Like I wouldn't be like a like learning music because. Uh, I just kind of learned it and just did it. You know, like you just kind of go and like, you know, live on hummus and pit bread and sleep in, <laughs> in the service station car parks and, and, and wash in those chucky showers, you know, yeah. be, be a pair of flip-flops though, because there seems to be cum on the floor of every no single one of those showers. <laughs> in <the service> <laughs> uh, so, you, you know, that, that's not, that's, that's the, the, the thing that people don't understand. There's like, there is uh, an awful lot of complete uh, ridiculousness that comes into, I haven't just woken up one day and my band got signed and then this happened. That's not. And even when your band gets signed, that's not you done. That's the beginning of the journey. That's yeah. the, the, the very, very foundation of that thing. Yeah. And I think that that's what they tell me at the record label. Like a lot of people a lot of people get wrong. They 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 find they sign bands and the band thinks they have just made it and they've done that and they're not really they've made ideas and stuff. It's yeah. weird.
2: So many bands think the end goal is to be signed. And I think, yeah. Maybe now more than ever. I I don't know if that applies as much. Like you can you can just become internet savvy. You can kind of learn the majority of it yourself nowadays. I think, um, but yeah, yeah. It's crazy how kids just think. Oh well, if if I get my band signed, I'll just be rich, and surely the record label does everything. Nah, nah. That's when the work starts because then ultimately you've got to then, you've then got to go and pay the record label back.
0: That's the thing. Like that. That like it's. Uh, that's when it all begins. Like that's when everything begins because then they're going to ask you. So, what ideas have you got? And if you haven't got like, a lot of ideas ready to go, then then you're gonna have to you wait for the record label to to make the video for you. Then, um, my goodness, you're gonna end up with something awful. It's gonna be so bad. You, you shouldn't let anyone else be involved. <laughs> That's the one thing I would say to you, to anyone listening that um, that is gonna might be in that position. Just don't let anyone else be involved in what you're making. Like it's uh, unless you really trust them implicitly. Um, uh, it's, uh, I, I th- feel like it's really, really important to, 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 to keep be really protective of that and have lots of different ideas. If the real, the real work begins at the, the, the very second you get signed, you're completely right there. It's, uh, it's about kind of uh, now you've got to sell these records, you've got to repay that advance. You've got to recoup that advance that they've just given you. they are giving you some money, but like it's probably not a lot of money still and you've got to rep- repay that. But like, Before, you weren't making a lot of money to begin with, so how you had to grow substantially to be able to repay this money. And, um, yeah, it's a a wonderful business, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. Incredible. Um, But mentioning the early days and going back to that first album cycle, I mean... I don't think I've seen a fan base grow as much as that kind of creeper cult when you guys were first hitting the scene and everything. You know, you played a lot uh, in South Wales over that time and going to gigs. I'd always notice a, a large group of people were always connecting with each other, people meeting new friends and, and stuff like that. For you, was it just a crazy experience to see that kind of enthusiasm and have that cult
0: following so early on? Well, it was. It was really strange because, like. Like I was used to, like I was a like a punk kid, like I was a DIY punk kid. I played in like shouty hardcore bands, like all, all before I, I started doing Creeper. It was it was kind of always that way. Even though my last band started going more the way the Creeper would, uh, and in those bands, when someone would come off the stage, they would just be exactly the same as the, as the audience. You know, you would like you wouldn't you wouldn't expect any sort of adulation for performing. It would just be a part of what would happen, and. um and so i i I, gotta admit, I did find it really odd when people would uh, want to do photos and things and um would see me around or someone would be filming me while i'm shopping in the, in <laughs> <laughs> something like that I, I used to find that really odd but like over time what I realized was that like uh something really special was happening and um even though i it would have been completely a, a, an accident for me i think uh, a lot of these young younger people that were um the same as me you know kind of lost and uh Kind of uh, didn't really fit in a single place. I think I feel like a lot with um, with this sort of music and the, the sort of music that we play. Uh, like we you know when glam rock died, there was kind of the swing up of the you know, hair metal died when that died, grunge killed hair metal, etc. This kind of the pendulum swings the other way all the time. And I felt like just before Creeper happened, we were kind of overdue a band like ours, and I was waiting for the band to come around. And in the end, it was not. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but yeah, I wasn't expecting it, and. Um, they, um, yeah, like I realized that these, I, I, when I suddenly realized that these people were just me, it's that kind of really lonely kid listening to records and, and, and we didn't have a place to fit in and they were fitting in at my shows. That became like a real, uh, something I really, I, I, I felt like really proud of. And, and I, I was really, it's one of the things I try to cultivate like a safe space um, for people who feel like that too. But I always try to remember like all at the same time, like these kids are going to be the kids making bands after me and uh, starting making music. So I never ever would I would hate one of the worst things that would that would really bother me if I stopped doing this tomorrow would be if someone thought that like I had some sort of rock star ego. Um, because the, I, that's not where that's the world I'm from. Um, and I just want, I, I'd always try and meet people after the shows as best I could. Unless, you know, one of the things that I find strange about this is how anxious you'd feel meeting most people who want to speak to you. That's a weird thing. Because uh, you don't feel like that when you play in other bands. <laughs> it's weird. Um, but like, I, I always try to make time for people because I feel like, they're just me. That's just exactly the same as who I was. Like it's not scary talking to, the, to them, and all, you know, I just don't feel better than anyone. I feel still, still the same kid who was putting gigs on in the top of a pub and uh, and jumping on his friends with a band place <laughs> You know, like, it's, just, it's just weird. So yeah, all that stuff is amazing. Seeing that, seeing the Callous Heart everywhere was was quite scary. You'd, you'd be at a show and you could see, like, I go to a gig and I could see that 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 my, the, the symbol everywhere. And you don't want to go up to everybody and go, oh, not sure, not sure. <laughs> because that really but like, uh, so in the end you just don't say anything until they come over. And then it's just, you know, but it's really nice. Like I, I genuinely, genuinely, I kind of, um, I feel like a, I, I'm really proud of it. I think that like the community that we've cultivated is one of the, uh, very creative and um, intelligent and uh, empathetic people, you know? Um, and I think that's really, really cool. And that's one of my favorite things about doing the band.
2: Yeah. Well, that's what we've kind of found via doing this podcast now and, when- of course, with the blackout is when you create these things. I never thought we'd have a community. We'd never have anybody who was, you know, coming together, especially because of us or whatever. Like now, with the Patreon for the for the podcast, um, we're seeing people look, looking out for each other, sending each other presents. It's just, it just blows my yeah, it just blows my mind. And yeah, I think when we start these bands, we never expect communities to grow and people to care and then yeah like you said like some of those people now who um are into creeper will go on to be the next well david bowies and stuff like that so yeah it's just it's unbelievable when you think about it to to this day now looking back on the stuff that i got to do with the blackout it's mind-blowing yeah it's just it's just awesome to see that carrying on and yeah you guys uh killing it with it at the moment
0: Man, what was it like, uh, or that, that uh, the years when you were doing the blackout, that was like a time and place where like, there was a lot of exciting things going on as well. have been such an exciting time to be involved in music. Eh?
2: Yeah, it was nuts. It was just kind of a whirlwind, I suppose. And then, and then, like you said, like after a while then, it kind of got a bit... I got, I suppose I got jaded to it. Like, I was like, okay, I'll go through the motions of the show. This is what I expect. I expect I'll probably be doing, playing the song Children on the Night when I'm 95 in a pub to nobody. That's fine with me, but I'm, I'll am i always expect it to be there. And then all of a sudden, ha, 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 it wasn't there. And um, yeah, it was just such a, just a stark realisation that, oh, no. I thought I was going to be doing this forever. And it's like, oh, it's gone. And uh, But yeah, it was nice to see. Like, again, going back to community, it was like seeing the people who still loved the band were still very supportive. And like a lot of them have come over to this as well, obviously. And yeah, I think a lot of those people like kind of kept me sane over the end of the blackout when it was all going wrong. But yeah, when it was, when it was happening, it was just such a whirlwind. And we were in that bubble of... Like, we were friends with all of those bands that were doing really, really well at that, like, kind of, when the UK blew up in, like, 2007, 2008, I guess, and we had, I genuinely believe we had one of the best scenes in the world Mm. and a blackout. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it was was awesome at the time, and looking back on it, I can't believe I, I was involved in it, to be honest, it just feels like a different lifetime ago. So, um, yeah, when you were saying about like when you took the when you started the missing you and then you weren't sure about coming back, please always come back, <laughs> please come back. I cannot stress it enough, your fans need it, and you will need it. come back, don't, yeah, don't spit up, just go on a massive long hiatus forever, mm. but just <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is
0: you can always come back look at look at my camera back now, you know, like uh.
2: Can we expect a, a blackout? Uh, That's comeback. slightly <laughs> different. Slightly different. One of them's kind of. <laughs> I know, but like, what I'm saying is. One of them's kind of the biggest band of in the world for the last, <laughs> maybe the last 10 years. The other one probably couldn't get 200 people in a room in Merthyr Tidville anymore. No. So, come on. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and again, it's not up to me. I'd love to. I've said um, pretty much every podcast I've said I'd, lo- I'd love to do it, but. Um, it's persuading the other I, bastards, it is.
1: I figured it out now. I figured it out. The rest of the band had the Creeper Magic trick beforehand and just didn't tell you about it.
2: <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine it. I wouldn't be surprised, right, that I am such a loudmouth gobshite, right, that they were like, we can't tell him. We're going to have seven years off. We can't tell him. If we tell him, he'll tell other people we're coming back, and that will spoil the thing. Yeah, so they'd call me up in like a year now and they'd be like, Sean! the band's back together and I'll be like yeah you creep at me yeah oh imagine but yeah yeah, what's going to be your guys plans now for the rest of the year I know the album comes out July 31st Um, yeah what happens from then
0: well, we have uh, this tour in August booked, but the way the world is looking right now, um, it, 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 I don't know whether I can really b- rely on that um, being set in stone. We would have to rearrange it once. It's getting a bit ridiculous, you know? It's starting to look like its own, like its own stunt in itself, the way we've given me booking this tour. Um, but uh, I, I feel like we're, like, we're going to have to kind of play it by ear in terms of actually li- performing live on a stage. But as soon as we can, we will. We've only played five times since we got back together again since November because it's been so short lived. We did that Baby metal run and we did, uh, did the, the, the November 1st show. So um, we're just going to get back on stage. There's going to be a million billion things around uh, the record coming out. Like it's, uh, it's always very elaborate and, and complex of Creeper in terms of um, the mystery and, and, and being thrown um, of that. So there's a, lot, there's a lot going on in terms of that side, side of things. We're, I guess we're just going to try our best to promote the record as we can, you know. Um, it's, uh, it's a really odd time to be doing press. Uh, <laughs> constant constant phoners. There's only phoners you can do. Yeah. And, um, and I'm doing a photo shoot later on, actually, over Zoom. Over Zoom, yeah, over Zoom. Oh, wow. So like how, I've never done that before, was, so that's
2: that's new. Like, how how know,
0: does that? Um, how does that happen? How does that? Yeah. yeah how does that work? <laughs> oh, guys, I will report back on how it happens, <laughs> but, and I'm still not so sure myself to be honest. I'm going to do my hair. It's all a bit floppy today.
2: So. Is that? Is that just the guys just screen ca- just, <laughs> just screen capturing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You're good day. This magazines.
0: I think that like I've seen some some um. the, the magazine's doing it. it I showed sent me like a Dropbox of uh of other singers and other things they've done and they all look pretty pretty decent oh, wow. so oh, nice. I, don't know. I don't know maybe they'll be going to, to, to kind of wash me up a little bit <laughs> airbrush me up a little bit to make <laughs> me look alright I think my hair has got so floppy and long now it feels like the haircut I had when I was about 16 again my girlfriend keeps cutting the sides off I feel like I, I should have done what you've done there that's a really smart move there Sean you know just the mullet
2: like yeah. um, Go he's the having done, the mullet yeah, yeah. yeah. Little, little trim on the side look low on the side up pa- party of the back but this is the longest I've had it for who years. Who's
0: done that for you, John? Who's been cutting that haircut oh. for you? Uh-oh. Nobody. <laughs> no, I mean, that's not an accusation. You know I mean, is it you? Are you doing it yourself? Have you got like, a partner doing it for you? Or?
2: Um, I've... Oh, well, I've had an illegal A cut. I've uh, I snuck out and I was like <laughs> I literally paid the barber in um, goods as well, not even money. I was like, oh, I got a couple of cans of Monster. Do you want these? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Man, hopefully, man. I, hopefully I won't be um, I won't be arrested for that now for admitting yeah. that I went for an illegal haircut. But... Well, I think, aren't
0: you allowed? are you allowed to do it
2: now? I feel like the time come where it's okay. No, not yet. I don't think barbers are open till July the thirteenth, and. um it's different in England as well to Wales. We've got different. Oh. Yeah, we're, yeah. Um, got we're, different we're, rules. we're try Yeah, we're trying not to kill everybody in our <laughs> country. Yeah. Um, whereas Boris Johnson's trying to kill everybody in your country. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's tricky. But yeah, uh, as soon as I left, though, as soon as I left the barbers, he texted me going, "Are you sure about that?" <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh it is it is nasty like it is redneck and dreadful but i love it at the moment so um yeah that's what's going
1: on incredible um but um but yeah, but we'll we won't keep it for too long now. But uh just two there's two questions I did wanna to get into this conversation very quick. Um obviously and we've mentioned the whole car's heart and how big that has being with your audience and stuff, and really the love for that kind of misery black aesthetic. Now that you're back, you've kind of changed it to a white one. Does that mean you've had to have a completely new wardrobe?
0: Oh yeah, so we so we've uh the, the white wardrobe is one of those really difficult things. I actually got a funny story about that. Um, I was on this, this set of um, a video shoot, and I persuaded everybody that the white thing was a really good idea, um, which I still think it was in <laughs> principle. You know, the AFI did it on December Underground, that mm-hmm. works out okay. Um, you know, like uh, the Clockwork the, the Orange thing, I thought that was going to be cool. Um, anyway, I bought a pair of white pants from somewhere. There were girls, white trousers. They were like white trousers. That's all I could get. That were kind of skinny fit. Anyway, as soon as I put them on, uh, like it, I very quickly realized that you could see my junk straight through these trousers. Oh, no. They were white. It was, it was bad Ooh. guys. It was really, really bad. And, and uh, <laughs> I was like, I can't go and film in this. Like I, I had to stand in this, this, this wet pool. They'd made like this pool, that like, really shallow water. So when you whip the mic lead, it would like whip along. It was really cool. Um, But I was like, I literally can't go out there, like, so I didn't know what to do. Luckily, my girlfriend was doing the makeup on the shoot. And uh, so I was like, dude, you've got to help me with this. I I, I don't know um, quite what to do. I'm not told anybody this story yet, actually. Um, uh, But like she came in and uh, obviously absolutely loved this ridiculous situation I was in, but it was really funny. And we had to use electrical tape. The tape on all of my sh- all of my junk. <laughs> like, like it, it, it was so ridiculous. She was trying to get me to to tuck, uh, like a, you know, like a drag queen. Yeah. And you uh, seen, she she watches all those shows. And so we googled that. And I was like, that's that's not going to happen. I can't I can't do that. Like I don't know how. I was worried about the whole thing a lot. And so in the end, she just she just uh, electrical tapes. Uh, you know. Um, my private parts up uh, like uh, so much size, so it was all tight. It wouldn't move. And did the shoot, came back. Then I had to take the tape off.
2: Oh, I didn't think <laughs> and, of that until then.
0: <laughs>
2: it was absolutely awful. Oh. It was absolutely
0: terrible. Everyone was laughing at me as, uh, as, you know, through their, like even one of those little, um, what are they called? Like little cat, you know, like little kind of, Dressing rooms, the mobile dressing room things, little terrapin things, and she was just ripping this tape mm. off, and it, and I was screaming. It was horrible. <laughs> so yeah, that luckily she was there. I don't know what I would have done without that. Yeah. It had to be somebody else. But um, yeah, so so the white the white wasn't that has not been very practical. Let's mm. say because uh, you can see through it all the time. As soon as you sweat, you can see straight through it.
1: And, um, does this mean now? Does this mean now when you eventually get to tour that you're going to have to tape every night?
0: I mean, what's the? <laughs>
2: People are going to be looking out now for this. <laughs> I, going to be was, like, I was
0: looking into to a, to a dance belt for a while, you know? Uh, you heard of a dance belt? Yeah. Dance oh, belt okay. Dance belt. Uh, just, just tip
1: in the lighting guy. Just tip in the lighting guy. Five pounds. Just uh, only light me from the waist up.
0: That's it. That would be very handy. There was actually one time I was on tour with, uh, with Pierce the Veil, vale, and uh, we were out somewhere in Europe, and uh, I had I've been growing a hole in my skinny jeans, you know, like from playing every night. And um, my tour manager taped up my, my my jeans, like made me basically like like a diaper out of um, out of duct tape on top of my jeans, so this hole wouldn't get any worse. But the whole thing just ripped open anyway as I was playing. It was horrible. I'm like absolutely awful in front of all these kids. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, but didn't actually see didn't actually see my bits. Don't worry, it was just my boxes. But, like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that. So that sort of thing seems to follow me around these problems. Oh, wow. but, uh, the white, the white costuming, um, I actually, because of the, the character I play, there's a few different costumes that he wears. So uh, it's going to be to be got like costume changes and things on stage uh, when we come back. So, yeah, trying to combat the white problem that, that like is the. the, the, the it, it seemed like a, um, it seemed like such a great idea at the time. You know? it <laughs> like a good, idea.
2: And then Lil Will got involved and he spoiled <laughs> it
0: all. Exactly. Then once again, it's caused me some trouble, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh wow oh brilliant oh, yeah Morgan. yeah and just and this, uh, the other thing i wanted to mention as well obviously you talked you know, a lot about the different influences you've always had some filmmaking bowie and everything really but is there any others that people really don't wouldn't really necessarily know that you were influenced by because I, I know wrestling as well is something that has really influenced you with, with a lot of stuff in the past
0: well yeah the 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 wrestling thing has been uh it's kind of difficult to watch wrestling at the moment with everything that's going mm. on yep. online um but uh professional wrestling is it, like it's in terms of theatrics, it's a spectacle it's kind of unmatched in those ways the 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 moment when the undertaker left his gloves and his hat inside the ring and left left the ring uh that was uh something that we referenced when we were leaving the callous heart jackets on the mm. stage um that night they were, like when he was supposed to have retired but he's never going to retire. So <laughs> Um, even though he's he's retired again now, uh, yeah. but yeah, professional wrestling's been a, been, a, been a mainstay in terms of like stuff we've pulled from uh, in the past. Because what all, all wrestling really is is uh, is a collection of pop culture tropes like repurposed and 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 uh, and fused together. It's not it's not too dissimilar from what we do in, in terms of the band anyway. So it's, it was a good reference point for a lot of a lot of the stuff we are going kind to of pull off. Um, so yeah like it like wrestling is definitely one of them there's a lot of kind of uh like like the, the last record was obviously based on jay and barry's peter pan and this one we had the, the k-packs uh like the the, the, the k Pax story um so like there's sometimes like like books and things will will and literature will uh will inform what we're doing especially like we had this show on the this tour on the on, on the last record where we had a giant world's fair theme that was interrupted so this that was something i could I definitely could tell you guys about uh I had this big tour where um it was based on a load of theme park rides uh there's like a theme, theme parks were another one of the things I find I a fascinating kind of modern kind of art installations in, in in my opinion and um so we were referencing like a world's fair that went wrong and was interrupted, which is a classic universal studios trope um if you've ever been to, to, to the, the, the park when they had the terminator uh two three d um forty ride, it was uh, supposed to be like um a uh, Skynet presentation that was interrupted by the characters from Terminator. So it was a reference to that. It was also a reference to uh, the, um, the, the the Temple of the Forbidden Eye, the um, Indiana Jones ride in California, where there was a giant mask with with where uh, a laser uh, comes out of its eye and sits fire to something. So we were doing lots of homages and, and tipping our heads, uh, tipping our hats and our heads uh, to uh, <laughs> to, uh, to uh, lots of theme park classic theme park oh, attractions wow. like like um, and now becoming kind of they were they were supposed to be built, um, kind of so you could ride the movies. But they've become kind of their own. They kind of stand in pop culture law on their own now, uh, aside from the films that they're supposed to represent. Uh, so yeah, like a lot of that stuff, like anything that's kind of immersive and and uh, like a, something, so anything that kind of uh, works in a, in a field of entertainment that's supposed to kind of take you away from reality, is, is something I'm interested yeah. in most of the time. Awesome.
1: Yeah, well, nice. I've loved every second of this, Well, It's been uh, really yeah, insightful. and you. Yeah, just great to hear everything behind Creeper and just behind the music, really. Thank you, guys.
0: I've really enjoyed chatting to you about oh, this. It's been really fun. Thank oh, you very pleasure. much. Well, yeah, le-
2: yeah, let's hopefully, when we're um, when we're all allowed back out, um, yeah, let's try and do one of these in the flesh. I yeah, very much like that, if possible. Yeah, let's,
1: let's have a nice big beer as yeah. well. That'd be yeah. nice. We'll, so, uh, nice. We'll have to do one with you and Hannah as a, as a two former guests reunion
0: that'd be yes. great it's been a while since I've seen her as well actually <laughs> so it'd be nice to actually be able <laughs> to
2: same in Missouri well. that's true right <laughs> yeah awesome well nice. Well. yeah thank you very much well cheers oh, and, thank um, you so much guys No uh, worries. See, see you soon good luck with the record congratulations on everything so far thank you so
0: much Sean I appreciate that guys thank you both you're listening to Sammy Bunkers yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think i enjoyed that a little bit what? too much jesus christ i've never heard you rev into a yes before oh my god I like... what is wrong with yes that was fantastic thanks again to will um from creeper and the guys at Trees and stuff for sorting it all out yeah, that was so good. He made Morgan rev up, and I've never heard him rev up. Go back and listen to the other 84 episodes of this podcast. You're not going to hear any revving up like that.
1: No, you'll hear some very strange words, um, things pronounced wrong, and just, like, random as hell questions, but never rev up. But, yes, Will was lovely. Thank you so much again for him to taking time out in his brand new house. Um, great to chat with him. Great to really get the insights of everything behind Creeper as well. Like, I thought it was really interesting that, like... Not that the music is kind of like a second thought to them, but they have all this other artistic prowess planned out originally before you dive into all of that. And it was just a really good insight into someone else's different musical minds. Um, Great laugh. And yes, we will 100% have to take him up on the offer of doing another podcast with him and our lovely friend Hannah Greenwood uh, together as two former guests in one go.
2: Yeah, that would be very, very good. Um, yeah, like you said, it was super interesting to hear how they write and how they put thought into theatrics and stuff um, because, yeah, with my new band Raiders at the moment. Um, I'd just be happy if we ever get any songs out. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think <laughs> I don't go in depth and be like, right down, we should wear this, we should look like this, we should say this, we should make a story. I just go, oh, can we put these songs out or uh, can I just bust in now? But uh, yeah, awesome, absolutely awesome to see how other people write and come up with things. And yeah, it's always very, very exciting for me as well. So yeah, thanks again to Will for coming on. And, um, yeah, divulging all the information.
1: Yeah, and if you want even more Creeper Talk, then go back and listen to episode 31 of Sapling Podcast with the wonderful Hannah Hermione Greenwood to get even more of your Creeper fix and her obsession with chocolate. But before all that as well, make sure to go and get yourself a copy of Creeper's new studio record, Sex, Death, and in the Infinite Void. It's been released on July 31st, but you can pre-order it. If you listen to it after us so, out, then why haven't you bought it yet? That is a criminal offense and the whole of Creeper will try and find you.
2: Oh, they will. I've heard they've just turned up at people's houses. I had a lucid dream once and I woke up and they were all there. Really? Just at the ed- edge of my bed, yeah. Creeper was just all sand in it. Did they say anything or was it just. No, that was it, really. I went back to sleep then. <laughs> it's a weird dream, isn't it? Anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's move on.
1: Um, but yes, incredible. Love Creeper. New album is going to be fantastic. So everyone go and be a part of it. Uh, and if you'd like to tell us what you thought of this episode or. How? Please don't. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) At Saplin Pod on Twitter and Instagram is the place to go and do that, but only if you say very nice things.
2: Yes. No, hey, come on, bring it on. We know you've got shit things to say. You've all got shit opinions. I've got shit opinions. Less you're them. At S A P P E N I N P O D. Ah, they're too Welsh. Ah, they don't look goth enough to talk to our will. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what other things people can say um, um, yeah that Morgan's
1: voice is too sexy
2: nobody's ever said that or will ever say that and that's a fact that's a stone cold Steve Austin fact
1: at Slappin' and on Twitter and Instagram if you disagree with Sean and uh, give us a follow while you are making
2: sure right while you're on all that right word of the week is hashtag MorganSexyVoice, sexy voice right <laughs> Uh, and i'm gonna put a poll up on our twitter does morgan have a sexy voice yes or no right so i'm gonna need you guys this week maybe the saturday this episode goes out uh, friday goes out saturday i'll post is morgan's voice sexy yes or no and i'd like everybody who's listening to this to vote no i'll vote because it's it's truthful yeah what i'll vote no as well to be fair Good. If we don't get 100% no, and of course, I know now, Listen to this, some <laughs> bastards will be like, I know what will annoy Sean. A yes! And I know you've done it purposefully now, just to piss me off. So, your votes are now void, and I will only be accepting no answers. <laughs> <laughs> don't think that's I tell how you the what, poll works. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, I'm not even going to put a poll out, you all voted no. That's it. That's it.
1: <laughs> but... If you do want to annoy Sean, well, I've got a little secret for you, okay? The best place to go and do that, right, is at patreon.com forward slash sapnin. You can become a part of our wonderful community where you get to bully Sean every single
2: day. Yep. Yo, you can do And let me tell you, they do. So check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin to become part of the sap fam community. And uh, yeah, you can come in there and you can pretend to be nice for a couple of weeks and then you can just pile on their horrible memes at the expense of my face. That's absolutely fine. And I welcome it. So thank you very much to everybody who's already part of the Patreon. No matter which tier you've decided to uh, partake in, we love you all the same
1: we do we love you all very very much and we're posting loads of bonuses on our patreon wall exclusively for the people who support this podcast so if you want even more ramblings of myself and sean talking about muppets of all things i yeah.
2: think it's the place to yeah, be this was this, this week's were muppets and self fellatio so there you go <laughs> if you're interested in knowing what me and morgan's thoughts and self fellatio are and i know you do check out patreon.com forward sabnin
1: and before we get into all the thank yous that we need to do for this episode, because there's a lot of them, and there's so many people that really we do love, uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about, Sean? Is there anything on your mind, um, apart from murder,
2: that you'd uh, like to talk about? Clever. Clever. I like it. Song lyrics. Um, yeah, uh, this week, uh, our good friend's a funeral for a friend um, announced that they are going on tour in April next year. Is it April? I haven't checked. It is. It might be April.
1: It's April, 2021.
2: Nice. So yeah, tickets are on sale now. I believe get them ASAP. I would, because it's bound to sell out. And I was lucky enough to tour with them in October last year. And it was three of the best days of last year. So definitely go and check it out to pick up a film for friend ticket. I'm sure they're going to have some amazing supports with them. Um, yeah, so check that out. Yes. What other news to say, Morg? We have
1: been hosting 2000 screens. If you haven't checked out already, make sure to head over to the 2000 Trees Festival's official Facebook and Instagram pages, where you can see us in visual form interviewing Uh-oh. loads of bands, introducing exclusive live performances for the festival, and just bringing this podcast madness in the form of videos which is uh yes. which is strange you get to see uh the form faces on your phones i mean you could just do that by going and liking all our stuff on something pod on instagram and twitter anyway but you know this it's on someone else's platform so you might want to go and relive your festival
2: vibes with with yeah, us and use use a behind the scenes thing for you in one of the interviews i'm doing I've got some chilli sauce on my face because I completely <laughs> forgot to check before we started recording. So for one of them, it's only one interview, I've got a bit of chilli sauce on my face. So if you watch that interview, keep a lookout for the chilli sauce. If you, if you watch all the interviews, if you watch 2,000 screens, keep a lookout for Sean's saucy cheek.
1: Oof, Lovely. Lovely stuff. 2,000 screens happening from July 9th to 11th, 2020. So, yes, go and check it out. So, Sean, we need to say thank you to so many lovely people for not only listening to this podcast, if this is your first time, make sure you are subscribing wherever, whatever platform you've chosen. If it's Spotify, Acast, Apple Podcasts, whatever, um, give us a nice comment and everything. But we need to say a massive shout out to the elite members of our Patreon community. Those are the top top tiers, and Sean is going to read their wonderful names for you right about...
2: now? Don't you ever tell me how to live my life. I'll do it when I feel like it now.
1: Okay, I'm sorry, I just thought I was giving you a a good segue. There's a fly that's landed right on my head. There you go. Yeah, it's gone now, but for that second of me talking, there was a fly on my head, um, which is all the information everyone's ever needed from one of these podcasts
2: yeah so thank you very much to anybody at all who's part of our patreon at any tier we promise we love and we care for every single one of you don't be shy make yourself known in the group yeah so thank you very much to dana lasnova mayumi liwaway kylie wheeler mitch perry amy chilvers emma Barber. shout out to all the patrons who support sapnin you're all elite members Oh, that's nice thank you very much janelle amandina urbano kelly young nathan croshaw we are sapning family get up everybody and sing that's by formerly known as dilly grimwood mo dicks eyebrows know what you did in the dark paul urshville liam Connolly, kelly and michael engler tom owen doug sir shout out to all sapning patreons scott what's that coming over the hill? the end of lockdown lockdown jones we Love all Tears That's Oliver Amesbury Simon Amos Kate Stevenson No We Don't Get something Depressed Lucy Deads Liv- Living Saturning Life Is Fun And We've Just Begun Erin Howard Becky Andy Martina McManus John and Emma Kelly Mallory Ma- Marcy Jacobson Louis Cook Kieran Lewis Sarah Stewart Sandra Kuwachek, Jamie O'Amy Mike Cunningham Good News I figured out the solution to the coronavirus It was actually pretty simple We just need to Ah oh, character limit there at the end so yeah if you can get back to us on what the solution is that'd be wicked Livvy, Livvy Cropper James McNaught That Bitch Sarah Baskins Kelly Cannon Talula Grant Stuart McNaught Samuel Griffiths Amy O'Jamie Sharif Awadali Jenny Robertson Tony Michael Lydia Henderson Nuala Clark Keris Andrews Jason Heredia oh here we go we got a new one Jason Heredia Right, that's probably wrong, Jace. I'm so sorry. You've become part of the podcast group today. I said hello, and now I'm stuck on your surname. Jason Heredia, and last but not least, Sian West for President
1: 2020.
2: Mm. If you've listened to all of that, thank you very much. Congratulations. If you're not part of the Patreon and you've listened to that, unbelievable. Let us know on Twitter at Sappening Pod on Twitter and Instagram that you listen to the end of this bollocks because I don't think anybody who's not a patron doesn't get any far. Doesn't get this far. This is where we should be putting all our secret information. Okay. Once we've weeded once we've weeded off the listeners every yeah. week with this name bit here's where we should be going oh yeah by the way um, next week's winning lottery numbers are 7, <laughs> 21, 33, 41, 42 and 46 and a bonus ball The bonus ball is twenty-seven. Somebody's going to put that on now. (laughs) If they win, if they win, they've got to give me—I don't know—ten percent of it. Got to. I was literally
1: going to say, you know, you've just predicted numbers there. What happens now if that is the correct lottery winning numbers and you haven't put it down yourself?
2: I wonder if I could win the lottery because this will be recorded prior to the lottery going out now on a Saturday. I wonder if I could go. oh, I was gonna do it. Use my. Use the proof that I was gonna do the numbers. Use the numbers, and they go. Ah, oh, fair enough. Mind you, predicted them live on a podcast. Use seventy grand. I'd be like fucking tidy. Nice one, Camelot. You mystical place. Wow. Anyway. Look- Please gamble responsibly
1: for anyone listening. Is that gambling? I don't have a clue. Um,
2: And and drink responsibly uh, responsibly as well. If you're doing 2000 2000 screens this weekend,
1: yes, some people have um, created their own drinking game for us as well, which um, is only going to end badly. And you know that when Jimmy World will be performing, I will freak out, and everyone will have to down their drink. So
2: that's true. That is true. So yeah, thank you very much if you listen to the uh, Sapping Pod. This week and now and before and also thank you if you've checked out two thousand screens. Thank you very much if you've come here from two thousand screens. That's what we didn't think. What if people? Yeah, I wonder if anybody's going to come over from the pod uh, from two thousand screens. So if you've watched two thousand screens and this is your first Sappening podcast, number one, sorry. Also, number two, let us know because we would love to hear from you
1: yes we would we'd love to hear from every single one of you you are all amazing you are some of our favourite people for just listening to this podcast and I would like to thank you personally but I can't so I'm doing it on this instead
2: because yeah that's right Morg I wouldn't like to thank him personally would I you fucking how can I make this so I'm better than Sean every week what what so confused yeah, let's carry on this fight next week. Anyway, <laughs> let's go. SAPN SAPNIN, Sapnin? You fucking dead, but you fucking having it next week. I tune in next week just to endure the bat the battery you were gonna have. Verbal fucking battering. I'm gonna kill you, but anyway, um I go Sandwich Street, so uh did I do- You're listening to Sablin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, Thank you very much.